After reciting the Tashahud Ta'awz and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalif the Masih the Fifth, Ayyadahullah Ta'ala ibn Aziz, stated, Today is the last Friday of Ramadan. The month of Ramadan is now concluding, and there are many people who had the intention to make special efforts to offer worship during Ramadan and to bring about a transformation within themselves, but were unable to act in accordance with what they had planned. There are a number of people who write such letters to me. And today, the last day of Ramadan shall also come to an end after a few hours. Friday is that blessed day during which there is a special moment for the acceptance of prayers. Hence, even if we did not spend our days of Ramadan as we had wished, or as a believer should spend them, then we should make this pledge for the remaining time today and pray that Allah the Almighty overlooks our shortcomings has mercy on us and enables us to follow that path in our lives which Allah the Almighty desires for us. Allah the Almighty is most gracious. In relation to the acceptance of our prayers, He has not mentioned that during the month of Ramadan, an hour appears on Friday for the acceptance of prayers. Rather, he has specified this as a special aspect of Friday. Hence, we ought to make this oath in our prayers today that even after this Ramadan, we will continue to elevate the standard of our righteousness and strive for it. 
that we will continue to endeavor in attaining the nearness of Allah the Almighty and worship Allah the Almighty with sincerity from one Friday to the next that we will spend the period between two Fridays in prayers and virtuous deeds give precedence to faith over the world and that until the following Ramadan we will continuously try to follow the routine we made in this month in order to bring about a pure transformation within us but were unable to follow it owing to some reasons then these are the deeds that develop true righteousness Furthermore, if we sincerely worship and perform virtuous deeds for the sake of Allah's pleasure, then Allah the Almighty, who is more gracious and merciful than anyone else, will continue to shower us with blessings which we were able to act upon to some extent during this Ramadan. Thus, what truly matters is righteousness. What truly matters is consistently acting in accordance with the commandments of God Almighty. What truly matters is the fear of God Almighty and seeking His pleasure. If one has developed this, and if we have not immersed ourselves once again in this materialistic life where we forget to give precedence to faith over the world, then Allah the Almighty will accept our prayers and efforts to transform ourselves during this Ramadan irrespective of how much effort we put in and the quality of them and He will continue to bless us. Hence, this is the essence we should always be mindful of. Every Ahmadi should be mindful of acquiring this objective at all times. Moreover, once we tread the path of righteousness in our own lives and seek the pleasure of Allah the Almighty, then we will be setting an example for our children and offspring, which will instill the spirit of offering virtuous deeds from one generation to the next. By the grace of Allah the Almighty, we have pledged allegiance to the Imam of this age and the ardent devotee of the Holy Prophet Among the conditions stipulated in our pledge, the essence of it was that we will always remain mindful of righteousness. The Promised Messiah has emphasized this to us in order to bring about that transformation within us, which will not be a transformation for one month every year, or that we try to bring about a transformation for one month every year. 
Indeed, Allah the Almighty has created the conditions whereby a pious environment develops in the month of Ramadan in order to acquire the lofty standards of righteousness. However, He has ensured this so that every Ramadan we continue to acquire the subsequent stage of righteousness. He has not done this so that after every Ramadan we regress back to our lower standards once again. Hence, as I have mentioned, the promised Messiah has been sent to elevate our standards of righteousness and to transform us and he has repeatedly encouraged us to do this. On one occasion, the promised Messiah stated, I have been sent so that truth and faith may be revived and righteousness may inspire the hearts. This is the purpose of my advent. That is, this is the objective of his advent. He further said, I have been told that heaven will once more come near the earth after it had moved far away. These are the matters which we need to always keep in mind. The era of the promised Messiah which is in the form of Khilafat on the precepts of prophethood is one that will continue till the day of judgment in accordance to the prophecy of the Holy Prophet And it is the followers of the promised Messiah who, whilst remaining firm on the truth, shall safeguard their faith and attain its lofty ranks. However, this cannot be achieved by simply performing virtuous deeds for one month or having the desire to perform virtuous deeds or by praying and having a particular attachment to prayer for just one month or by populating the mosques for the entire month. In fact, if one has accepted the truth and has pledged their oath of allegiance to the promised Messiah and Mahdi, then one should make particular effort to elevate the standards of their faith. When one attains this, then they will be counted amongst those who have a special bond with the Promised Messiah Those who have understood the purpose of their bed and try to do justice to it. They are the ones regarding whom Allah the Almighty stated to the Promised Messiah that I am with you and with your loved ones. In order to become one's beloved, the most basic condition is that one should adhere to what they say and lead their lives in accordance to their will. Allah the Almighty declares that He shall be with the loved ones of the Promised Messiah. Thus, when Allah the Almighty Himself becomes the support of an individual, then one no longer has any other need. Fortunate are those amongst us 
who have attained this standard in their faith, whereby they forever enjoy the support of Allah the Almighty. One who has Allah the Almighty by their side, their life in this world and the next becomes reformed. Thus, we need to fulfill the objectives of the Promised Messiah whilst instilling righteousness within ourselves. However, this can only happen when we remain steadfast in trying to attain the pleasure of Allah the Almighty. In this extract, the Promised Messiah has stated that then the heavens shall come closer to the earth. The heavens become close to the earth and we attain the closeness of God Almighty and become the recipient of His grace when we follow the path which the Promised Messiah has explained to us in light of the Qur'an and Sunnah. We shall be counted amongst those fortunate people upon whom Allah the Almighty showers His blessings and whose prayers are heard by God Almighty. It is only when we witness these signs in our lives that we will have the ability to confidently invite others in that if they want to establish a living relationship with God Almighty and to strengthen their faith, then they have to accept the promised Messiah, who is the true servant of the Holy Prophet. However, this can only be possible if we attain the high standards of righteousness and then continually remain established upon them. It is then that we shall witness the signs of Allah the Almighty's blessings. Thus, those among us who have understood this principle and lead their lives by adopting the high standards of virtue and righteousness, or they make an effort in this regard, they shall witness the signs of Allah the Almighty's blessings. Each and every one of us can witness these signs if they lead their lives by following the paths of righteousness in accordance with the commandments of Allah the Almighty. What is true righteousness? What are the traits of the one who treads upon the path of righteousness? How does Allah the Almighty treat such a person? In relation to this, the promised Messiah states, True righteousness and ignorance cannot subsist together. This is a fundamental principle, that a righteous person cannot be ignorant. A truly righteous person will be devoted in their worship and also fulfill the rights of fellow man. 
Hence, this is the fundamental point that we must always bear in mind. The Promise of Sayyid Islam states, True righteousness is accompanied by a light. As God, the Glorious, has said, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu in tattaqullaha yaj'allakum furqana wa yukaffir ankum sayyatikum wa yaj'allakum nuran tamshuna bih That is, O ye who believe, if you remain steadfast in righteousness and hold fast to it for the sake of Allah with firmness and perseverance, he will single you out from among your detractors with marked distinction. The Promised Messiah has written an explanatory translation. If one remains steadfast in righteousness and holds fast to it for the sake of Allah, then God Almighty will make a distinction between the righteous and others. What will the difference be? That is, you shall be blessed with the light which will accompany you wherever you go. That is to say, that light would illumine all their actions and words and faculties and senses. Their intellect would be illumined and there would be light in all that they utter. There would be light in their eyes and in their ears and in their tongues and in their speech and in all their movements. The ways along which they walk would be lit up. In short, all their ways, the ways of their faculties and their senses will be filled with light and they will walk all together in light. Thus, this is the standard which a true believer and a righteous person needs to try and attain. Even if the month of Ramadan has passed, we can still try to achieve this. Fortunate will be those among us who attain this rank, whereby Allah the Almighty has complete influence over our words and deeds and our every deed is carried out in order to attain His pleasure. Our every movement, i.e. our every action, would be done to attain the pleasure of Allah the Almighty. When this happens, it is only then that we can partake from the spiritual light of Allah the Almighty. Instead of pursuing after the glamour and attractions of this world, our objective shall solely be to attain the pleasure of Allah the Almighty. It is then that we will be fulfilling the objective of the Promised Messiah's advent and trying to fulfil our oath. If we do not desire to make this pious change in our lives, 
and nor make any effort in this regard, then our claim would not be true. Also, the virtuous deeds performed in the month of Ramadan would be of no benefit. Thus, we ought to constantly analyze ourselves as to whether we are continually striving to attain righteousness, which the Promised Messiah explained to us in light of the verse of the Holy Quran. If we are striving to change our lives in accordance to this, then indeed we are ready to challenge against Satan. And Allah the Almighty shall also bestow His help in our efforts to challenge Satan and cause every onslaught of his to be unsuccessful and ineffective. In this current age, Satan has surrounded us from all sides and it is not possible to escape from his grip without the help of Allah the Almighty. However, Allah the Almighty helps those who adhere to righteousness. We should always remember that this era is in particular an era of the attacks from Satan. He is attacking with all his ploys, tactics and weapons. They are such dangerous attacks, the likes of which have never been seen before. Thus, in such circumstances, one needs to particularly prostrate before God Almighty. Whether it is TV, social media or other programs, or in the children's school and in their programs, Satan has created such a dangerous environment through his deceptive ways that it is impossible to escape without the help of God Almighty. Presently, the greatest concern is to safeguard our children and the future generations from the attacks of Dajjal and Satan. For this, one needs to pay particular attention and every Ahmadi parent needs to make an effort in this regard and the Nizam Jamaat as well. For this, every Ahmadi who has reached the age of maturity and possesses understanding should try to attain the highest levels of righteousness whilst prostrating before Allah the Almighty and seeking help from Him, so that through Allah the Almighty's help, they can challenge the attacks of the Dajjal. We should not become relaxed after Ramadan and sit comfortably. In fact, we should make a particular effort to increase in our Quranic knowledge so that a special environment remains established within our homes. We should safeguard our prayers and pay particular attention towards prayers in order to remain protected from the attacks of Satan and Dajjal. On one occasion, whilst mentioning the ploys and schemes of Satan, the Promised Messiah stated, it should be noted that the Dajjal, i.e. the Antichrist, which means the one who misleads, in reality refers to the one who is the embodiment of Satan. 
It was written in the earlier scriptures in regard to the latter days that many a battle would ensue with Satan during this period, but Satan would eventually be defeated. This hope has been instilled in that those who adhere to righteousness and fight in this way, as a result of it, Satan will be defeated. Though Satan was subdued during the time of every prophet, it was only in a virtual sense. It was really destined for the Messiah to truly subdue him. God Almighty has promised victory of such a magnitude that he said, that is, I will keep your true followers dominant over others till the day of judgment. Thus, in order to become a true follower, one must adopt righteousness and act on his teachings. The Promise of Islam further says, Therefore, Satan is battling with full force in these latter days, but the final victory will indeed be ours. God willing. Allah the Almighty has vouchsafed His promise to the Promised Messiah to grant protection against the attacks of Satan and Dajjal and grant victory against them. The Promised Messiah received this revelation two or three times. However, those who demonstrate true obedience to Him and adhere to His teachings will be the ones who truly benefit from this. In relation to this, the Promised Messiah stated, It is true that my followers shall remain dominant over my opponents until the Day of Judgment. However, what one ought to ponder over is that not everyone who pledges allegiance at my hands shall be counted amongst my followers. until they do not instill the true spirit of obedience within them, they cannot be counted as part of my followers. To obey means that one should demonstrate complete obedience, as if to say they have become wholly immersed in their obedience. It is only then that the word to obey shall be fulfilled in the true sense. From this it is evident that God Almighty has decreed to establish a Jamaat for me, which is completely devoted in their obedience to me and follow me in every aspect. Allah the Almighty shall indeed grant a Jamaat like this, whether it is us or some others, whether it is now or in the future, or those who came before us, and whether it is just a few of us or a majority from among us. But nonetheless, he shall be granted a Jamaat. This is a promise of Allah the Almighty. These words are such that they shake one to the core. It is imperative that we evaluate ourselves and reflect on our standards of obedience. Are we striving to become the recipients of the prayers offered by the Promised Messiah for his community and for those who truly accepted him? Are we striving to attain the grace of Allah the Almighty that was promised by God to the Promised Messiah for his followers? Are we striving to achieve the standard of righteousness that the Promised Messiah desired of his community's members? If 
If not, then these few prayers offered during Ramadan will be short-lived. Our worship and weeping for a few days will not make us deserving of the favours promised by Allah the Almighty to the Promised Messiah Elaborating further on this, the Promised Messiah writes in his book, Noah's Ark, Let it be clear that to affirm the covenant of bayat with the tongue alone amounts to nothing unless it is practiced with full heartfelt resolve until a person acts upon it with full resolve. When a person intends to do something, prays for it and acts with full resolve. Thus, whosoever fully acts upon my teachings enters that house of mine concerning which God Almighty has promised in His Word. That is, I shall protect everyone who is within the four walls of your home. Thus, in order to safeguard against every trial and calamity, the Promised Messiah enjoined us to strive to come under the refuge of Allah the Almighty with complete sincerity, i.e. to come under the refuge of Allah the Almighty by following His teachings sincerely. Then, you would witness how Allah the Almighty protects you from the onslaughts of Satan and the Dajjal. In fact, as a result, Allah the Almighty would arm us with the necessary weapons to defeat Satan. Not only will we remain protected, we will be capable of attacking Satan. thereby repelling him and safeguarding against the onslaughts of the Dajjal. And to destroy it. On one occasion the Promised Messiah stated, Beware, it won't die by simply saying with your tongue, that Satan has died. You must demonstrate through your deeds that Satan has died. The death of Satan should be evident in your deeds, not in your words. One should not simply proclaim verbally that Satan has died. Rather, one's every action, every deed and every state should exhibit the fact that they are fighting against Satan. It has been promised by God that Satan will die completely in the time of the last Messiah. Though Satan accompanies every person, the Satan of the Holy Prophet had become a Muslim. We have an example and model before us. It is incumbent upon us to follow him if we wish to defeat Satan. The Prophet further says, Similarly, 
God Almighty had promised that Satan would be completely uprooted in this age. You already know that Satan runs away from La Hawl. Recite La Hawl and Satan will run away. But Satan is not so naive that he would run away merely by your verbal proclamation of La Hawl. If one recites La Hawl, Satan would run away. It would not run away even if La Hawl is recited like that a hundred times. The fact of the matter is that those who are permeated by the word La Hawl in every particle of their being and who constantly beseech God Almighty alone for help and assistance and who continually receive the blessings from Him are the ones who are saved from Satan. One ought to recite earnestly and know what they are reciting rather than simply uttering something aimlessly. And those are the people who will achieve success. Then in one gathering the Prophet Islam stated, Remember, God Almighty has begun the Holy Quran with a prayer and has ended it with a prayer as well. This signifies that man is so weak that without the grace of God, one cannot be cleansed. The Promised Messiah mentioned this in one of his gatherings. In a different report, there is another statement wherein it states, Do not consider yourself to be pure, because nobody can become pure unless God purifies them. Nonetheless, the Promised Messiah further says, And without his help and assistance, one cannot excel in virtue. If one wishes to excel in piety, one requires the help of God Almighty. In one hadith, it is stated that all are dead except for the one who is revived by God, and all are lost except for the one who is guided by God, and all are blind except for the one who is granted sight by God. In short, the truth is that the shackle of worldly love remains as a chain wrapped around one's neck, until one is bestowed the grace of God. Only those break free from them who are blessed by God. But it should be kept in mind that even the grace of God needs supplication for its initiation. If one wishes to attain the blessings of God, then one must supplicate for it as well. Do not think that supplication is only the rambling of a few words. On the contrary, supplication is a kind of death after which life is gained, as is expressed in a Punjabi couplet, i.e., one who begs has to die first, and one has to die first to be able to beg. If one is able to do this, only then should they beg. Supplication has a magnetic effect. It attracts grace and blessings. What kind of supplication is it when one continually repeats Ihdina Surat al Mustaqim with the tongue while he is preoccupied with the mundane thoughts of how he is going to make such and such transaction or such and such task remains unfinished or something should have happened that way or he would do this if the situation changes that way? i.e. one's thoughts are occupied with worldly pursuits, but one's tongue utters prayers mechanically. 
This is just squandering away one's life until one gives precedence to the word of God and acts in compliance with it. His prayers are merely a waste of time. One ought to read the commandments Allah the Almighty has ordained for us in the Holy Quran. We read them in Ramadan and also listen to them in lectures. One ought to look at those and act upon them. Then the life one leads will be a true life. Their life will become like those on whom Allah bestowed His grace. The Promise of Sail Islam states, It is clearly written in the Holy Quran, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ Meaning that when the heart of a person is melted in the course of supplication, and he throws himself down before the divine threshold with such devotion and sincerity as if he is totally lost in him, and while abandoning all other thoughts, he begs grace and succour only from him, and he is able to attain such concentration of the mind that a kind of pathos and poignancy is created, then the door of success is flung open. Only those believers succeed whose prayers are filled with fervency and humility. Only when the heart completely melts in this way is the door to success opened. The blessings and succour of God Almighty arrives when one prays to Allah the Almighty, turning sincerely to Him. The Prophet Islam says, Then the door of success is flung open, and thereby the love of the world is cooled off. This is because two loves cannot coexist in one place. It has been mentioned, meaning claiming to have love for God and the world simultaneously is wishful thinking. It is impossible. These two things cannot coexist and is sheer insanity. This is why God says right after this that وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّغْوِ Here, vain implies the world. Once man starts to experience pathos and poignancy in his prayers, then the love of this world is cooled off in his heart. It does not mean that he quits his job, farming or trade, etc. Rather, it means that he starts to shun those mundane activities that involve deceit and distract him from God. Such a person avoids those worldly actions that are against the commandments of Allah the Almighty. Explaining this point further, the Promised Messiah Islam mentioned in another gathering, Allah the Almighty states, رِجَالٌ لَا تُلْهِيهِمْ تِجَارَةٌ وَلَا بَيْءٌ عَنْ ذِكْرِ Meaning that there are those of our servants who do not forget me even for a moment in their big business enterprises, i.e. they work but never forget Allah. One who has a relationship with God is not called a worldly person. Rather, a worldly person is one who abandons God.
describing the attributes of God's chosen ones, the Prophet stated, The result of crying, beseeching, humbling and showing humility before God is that for such a person the love of his faith becomes his priority over everything else. The love of the world, greed, covetousness, luxury and opulence. This is the definition of giving precedence to one's faith over worldly pursuits. This is because, as a matter of principle, one virtuous deed attracts the next and one sinful act incites the next. When they show fervency and humility in their prayers, it leads them to shun vanity instinctively and they escape this foul world. The love of this world is cooled off and the love of God is produced within them. Their prayers incline them towards righteousness. Despite having worldly responsibilities, they do not become their main objective. As I mentioned in the previous sermon while explaining La ilaha illallah, their purpose, desire and beloved is Allah the Almighty alone. This is the standard we must achieve in order to eliminate our Satan. If we recite La Hawl to ward off Satan, then at every moment it should be firmly ingrained in our minds that God Almighty is the master of all ability and power. So much so that a leaf cannot fall without the command of Allah the Almighty. Most of us will say that this is our belief and we accept this. But when the time comes to put this belief into practice, other fears, worldly concerns, love and desires prevail over the love for Allah the Almighty. Therefore, true faith in Allah the Almighty and true worship of Allah the Almighty should impact both our physical conditions and our souls. When this becomes our standard of worship, then our apparent and fundamental morals will also progress to new heights. The hearts, minds and spirits become purified. By coming under the protection of Allah the Almighty, one becomes safeguarded against the various attacks and trickery of Satan. One achieves those levels of worship which cannot be infiltrated by anyone aside from Allah. Along with doing justice in offering prayers and worship, we should bear in mind that it has been mentioned in a hadith that prayer is the essence of worship. When we strive to achieve this essence, then we will become those who do justice in offering prayer and worship. 
we will become those who attain nearness to Allah the Almighty. We will become those who bring about a revolution in our souls and our physical beings. Otherwise, mere physical prayer renders no benefit. There are countless people who offer prayers and go to a mosque to worship, but then have exceeded all bounds in committing injustices and cruelties. These terrorist organizations and so-called clerics commit every sort of injustice in the name of Allah the Almighty and His Messenger. These people have destroyed the peace of the world. They are crueler than the worldly people who commit injustices for worldly purposes. Their injustices are for worldly pursuits, whereas these people commit injustices in the name of the most gracious and most merciful God and the messenger of God who is a mercy for all peoples. Their evil example should propel an Ahmadi to establish examples of Islamic teachings at the highest level. Our prayers, worship and supplications should be to attain the pleasure of Allah the Almighty. If we achieve this purpose, then we will have honoured our oath of allegiance to the promised Messiah and will also have reaped the blessings of Ramadan. With regards to what our prayers should be like and how we can do justice to offering our prayers, the Promised Messiah states, It should be remembered that Salat is the very thing that helps ease all difficulties and wards off all calamities. But this Salat does not mean the Salat that common people offer as a ritual. Rather, it is the Salat in which a person's heart becomes tender while prostrating at the threshold of God, so much so that it becomes captivated as if the heart is melting. Moreover, it should also be understood that Salat is to be guarded not because God is in need of it, Our prayers and safeguarding our prayers is not because God is in need of our prayers. God has no need for our Salat. He is Ghaniyun Anil Alameen. That is, He is not in need of anything. This means that man is the one who needs Salat. It is axiomatic that man desires good for himself. The truth of the matter is that man desires good for himself. And this is why he seeks help from God. A person seeks help from God for himself. Establishing a bond with God means obtaining real goodness and virtue. If the entire world turns against such a person and seeks his destruction, it can cause no harm to him because God will destroy tens of millions for His sake if He needs to. God destroys millions in exchange of that single individual. Remember, Salat is something that causes worldly and spiritual affairs to be set aright. 
provided one offers prayers solely for Allah the Almighty and fulfills the rights owed to worship. But most who pray are cursed by their Salat. May Allah the Almighty enable us to fulfill the rights owed to prayer. May the standard of prayers never result in Allah the Almighty's displeasure. May we become the recipients of the favors of Allah the Almighty. May we build a relationship with Allah the Almighty, thereby partaking in the promises vouchsafed by Allah the Almighty to the Promised Messiah. May we inculcate the habit of worship in our children such that will guarantee not only their salvation but the salvation of generations to come. When this is achieved, then as the Promised Messiah has stated, no deceit in the world or satanic attack will be able to halt our progress. Even if the world makes thousands of plans to ruin and destroy us, it will not be able to cause us any harm. In fact, as the Promised Messiah has stated, Allah the Almighty could destroy millions of people for the sake of His servants. Thus, we must strive to attain the love of Allah the Almighty and His pleasure and truly elevate the standards of our worship. The Dajjal will certainly be destroyed in this era. This is a promise made by Allah the Almighty to the Promised Messiah and there is no doubt in it. It would be our good fortune if we, by raising our standards of worship and improving our conditions, become a part of those who fulfill the due rights of being part of the community of the Promised Messiah. One method prescribed by the Promised Messiah to duly fulfill this right is to demonstrate the utmost fervency and humility and to weep when offering supplications. In other words, to weep and express complete anguish and through humility God Almighty will enable one to achieve this. Thus one should strive to achieve this rank. And how can one go about doing this? The Prophet Islam states, not a single moment of your day and night should be devoid of prayers. Thus, when we achieve this state, we will become the recipients of the grace of Allah the Almighty and every onslaught of Satan and the Dajjal will be rendered futile and ineffective. May Allah the Almighty enable us to follow His teachings and that of the Holy Prophet and spend our lives in accordance with the desires of the Promised Messiah, thereby fulfilling the right of our pledge of allegiance. May the pleasure of Allah the Almighty be our sole purpose. May we pledge never to rest until we are able to bring about a pure transformation within ourselves such that our conditions conform to the pleasure of Allah the Almighty. May we never allow for Satan to come over us or our children and progeny. May we strive for this and endeavor to take all the measures that Allah the Almighty and the Holy Prophet have taught us in order to achieve this. May we also strive to rid the world of Satan and the Dajjal. May Allah the Almighty enable us to do so.
pray for the Ahmadis in Pakistan that may Allah the Almighty protect them from the evil ploys of our opponents and may he turn their evil ploys back onto them. The Ahmadis residing in Pakistan should pray for themselves with great fervency and anguish. It should not be limited to just three or four days or a week. In fact, one ought to pray continually and pledge to transform their lives in accordance to the pleasure of God Almighty. Pray for the Ahmadis in Burkina Faso, Bangladesh, Algeria and for the Ahmadis living in every country of the world. May Allah the Almighty protect every Ahmadi from the evil ploys of the opponents. May he increase the faith and conviction of every Ahmadi. May Allah the Almighty enable us to make a pious transformation within us and also grant us the opportunity to pray and may he accept the prayers as well. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Nahmadu, Anastainu, Anastaghfiru, Anomino Behi, Anatokalo, Anauzubillah, Himishurin, Fosena, Women say, Yatia,